Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. In this quick hit, I want to take you back to revisit Barry Gibbs' three-month domination of the top spot on the Billboard number one singles chart in 1978 and his presence in four of the top five hits in March of the same year. The amazing thing, it wasn't one song, and it wasn't always his work with the Bee Gees. Also, we're going to talk about the urban legend surrounding actress Marissa Tomei's Oscar win in 1993. Was it a mistake, or did she actually win? Stay tuned. You're listening to a 3324 podcast quick hit with Dean Legiro, where Dean shares stories and trivia about his favorite chart hits, actors, movies, and more. Welcome to this 3324 podcast quick hit. I'm Dean. Okay, we need to set the time machine back to the winter of 1978. The film Saturday Night Fever had just been released in December of 77 and had taken the world by storm. Music lovers were in the grasp of disco fever. The soundtrack would go on to be the second biggest selling soundtrack of all time, behind The Bodyguard, with the massive smash hit I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Oddly enough, the Bee Gees, led by older brother Barry Gibb, were not actually the first choice to contribute to the soundtrack. They joined in the post-production phase of the film because they were already working on their next project. So on to the singles. How Deep Is Your Love was the first number one from the soundtrack. It hit in December of 77 and stayed at the top for three weeks. But that's separate from what we have going on here. Now we're going to get into it. It wasn't until February 4th, 1978, with the arrival of Staying Alive to the number one spot, and it's staying there for four weeks, that Barry Gibbs total control of the number one position as a co-writer of these top hits would be cemented for the next three and a half months. Staying Alive would give up its top spot on March 4th, with younger brother Andy Gibb going to number one with his hit Love is Thicker Than Water. That was written by Barry and Andy Gibb. Two weeks later, the Bee Gees would return with the monster hit Night Fever, which would settle in for an incredible eight weeks at number one. Now we're going to stop here. We're going to take an exit off the main highway, and we're going to look at the top five from this week because this is really important. At number two was Staying Alive, and that was on its way down the chart. At number three, we have the song Emotion by Samantha Sang. That was written by Barry and Robin Gibb. Eric Clapton was somehow able to sneak in with Lay Down Sally at number four, and Andy's Love is Thicker Than Water was still holding on at number five. What that means is that four out of the top five hits for that week were co-written by Barry Gibb, also an incredible accomplishment. 
Now let's get back to the number ones. Andy Gibb would give up his seat at the top on May 13th as If I Can't Have You, which was written by the Bee Gees and performed by Yvonne Elliman, that hit number one for one week. And there you have it. An incredible three-month run by Barry Gibb as co-writer of each of these number one singles. Who could break the hold that Barry Gibb had on the charts? Well, for my money in the 70s, there was only one artist that could end his streak, and that's former Beatle Paul McCartney. He took the number one spot with his hit, With a Little Luck, which is a fitting title to end Barry's grip. Barry Gibb would go on to actually write two more number ones in 78, as if he hadn't done enough already. June would bring Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb, and August would see Grease by Frankie Valli, which was the title track to the 1978 film that also starred John Travolta in the lead. That would hit number one as well. Think what you will about disco or the backlash that followed, but there is no disputing Barry Gibb's skill as a songwriter and collaborator, seemingly hitting the charts at will and doing it with such a diverse group of artists. There is, by the way, a group that did hold all top five slots on the chart at once, but that's a story for another time. Next up, we're going to take a look at the rumors surrounding Marissa Tomei's 1993 Oscar win for Best Supporting Actress and the vindication that would not come until decades later. We'll be right back. The 1993 Academy Awards Best Supporting Actress nominees list was a who's who of actresses being recognized for their quote-unquote serious work. Nominees included Judy Davis for Husbands and Wives, Joan Plowright for Enchanted April, Vanessa Redgrave for her work in Howard's End, and Miranda Richardson for Damage. So how did the nominee from an off-the-wall comedy starring Joe Pesci manage to upset a group of this stature? Therein lies the rub. Marissa Tomei's odds at winning were a long shot at best, and many critics wondered why she was even in the running at all. As Pesci's girlfriend, Tomei's no-nonsense portrayal of automobile expert Mona Lisa Vito did garner positive reviews and was a standout performance in Pesci's goofy fish-out-of-water lawyer film. It is customary for the previous year's Best Supporting Actor Award recipient to present the award to the Best Supporting Actress the following year, and vice versa. Jack Palance had seen a late career second or third wind and demonstrated his prowess for one-handed push-ups with his win in 1992 for City Slickers as the crusty and cranky trail boss Curly Washburn. As the legend goes, Jack Palance read the list of nominees and as a result of possibly having a few too many belts beforehand, had trouble reading the envelope and simply announced Marissa Tomei as the winner as her name was last on the list. A stunning upset had just taken place and the rumors immediately started tarnishing Tomei's well-earned award. These rumors would persist throughout her career despite the Academy announcing that she was indeed the winner. But the whispers continued that the Academy was too embarrassed to admit a mistake had been made. Let's fast forward to Oscar night 2017. Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty are presenting for Best Picture. The nominees are, and this is going to be a pretty big list, (laughs) Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Warren Beatty opens the envelope, hesitates for a moment, and then hands it to Faye Dunaway, who announces that La La Land is the winner. As the producers of La La Land were making their speeches on stage, they were informed by Oscar crew members that there was indeed a mistake, and they were shown the envelope that Beatty had with Moonlight as the winner. Awkward does not even begin to describe this. But 
The action taken by the Academy to immediately rectify the mistake, no matter how uncomfortable or damaging it might be, shows that Marissa Tomei's win was no fluke. Her long-time coming vindication had finally arrived. It only took 24 years, though. This has been a 3324 Quick Hit, and I'm Dean asking you to please be kind and rewind. This has been a 3324 Podcast Quick Hit. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 